Amen. Amen to that. Thank you, Tommy. <clears throat> Appreciate you mentioning uh, uh, earlier the video mentioning the storms and the uh, relief effort and the works that we want to do through there. And uh, Keith uh, told me that the, the couple right behind you are from, y'all come from Florida? All right. Tam- evacuated out? Left all your stuff there, I'm assuming? All right, they are, they're with us today. So before we go any further, I know you're thinking, okay, what's this preacher going to do? He's going to embarrass me. But we're going to gather around you, and we want to pray for you guys, okay? I know some of these folks right here got flooded last year right here around you. They know what it's like to lose everything. They know what it's like to be in this situation. And so you've got still got family still there. Okay, now what, what is your name? Casey and Mike. Mike and Casey. Look, we're going to pray for you now, and this whole group here, we're going to continue to pray for you guys, okay? Father, I want to pray a blessing for Mike and Casey. I know they're worried about family who's still there. We pray for protection. Pray for safety. I pray for winds to drive out the storm into this ocean. Spare lives and spare destruction. I pray, Father, for... uh, Especially Mike and Casey, I know they're concerned all about family, the, just their uh, uh, their livelihood, being there, living there, knowing folks. Bless them, Father, with everything they need. Take care of them. Help them to know they're not in this uh, storm alone. And uh, watch over them in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And if we didn't do anything else, today's worth being together, right? That's right. That's right. You bet. But you're not getting off that easy. We are doing some more. <laughs> we've been, we've been uh, emphasizing about life committed, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about what that means, <clears throat> especially emphasizing the gospel and grace today. You know, uh, in uh, in Acts chapter twenty, there's a verse. In the middle of Paul's farewell, that uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 24, says this. Uh, Guys, let's get that up on the screen there for me. Thank you. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Me uh, My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord has given me. The task of testifying to the gospel of the grace of God. Of God, to the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul is in this context. He's saying farewell to a group here. They've helped him. They physically gave him money. They, uh, uh, even though he worked among them, he wasn't a burden to them. And so they are getting ready to say farewell. And so he says, nothing's going to keep me from going about and finishing. As a matter of fact, he goes on to talk about how the Holy Spirit is leading him on this journey. And he knows it's full of danger. He knows he's probably never going to, he's never going to see these people again. Matter of fact, at the end of this chapter, he, uh, he even says, uh, uh, for them to remember the words of Jesus, it's more blessed to give. Then to receive, and he finished speaking, knelt down with them and prayed, and they cried and embraced him and kissed him because what grieved them most was that they would never see his face again. And uh, think about that. He's loving them. He's been helping them. They've been helping him. And now he's about to leave them. 
And he brags on them for their giving and their generosity and for their sharing the good news. And they're crying and weeping and he, because they're never going to see his face again. Now, I don't know. Maybe I could get more out of budget giving if you never saw my face again. I don't know. Maybe you need to run me out of town. I'm not sure what this is talking about. But I, look, what he's saying, there's an appreciation and a relationship that always comes together through the gospel that causes people to take care of one another, right? By this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you what? Love one another. So that sign of loving and taking care of one another, even in the midst of tough times, that comes because someone appreciates the gospel and grace that come about. When the gospel is preached and people hear it for the first time, their hearts are pricked and they do something. They respond. They want to make Jesus the Lord of their life. And this is the kind of response. Show the next slide. That's the kind of response that's made. People are baptized into Christ Jesus. So it'll show this next. I love this face right here. It's just so full of joy. Because all of a sudden, a transformation is taking place because of the good news of the gospel. So we're going to talk about WFR 3G today. The gospel, grace, and generosity. They always all go together. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll see that when he talks about reminding the Corinthian brothers not to lose their spot, not to lose their emphasis on what they ought to be preaching, he says, look, I delivered to you, first of all, the gospel, the story of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. And it's, it's what saved you if you keep it in mind and keep it in heart. And he says, when I delivered it to you, I delivered it to you, and it was a first importance now, if it's first, that means there are other things that are not first. Worship style, that's not first. Times we meet, that's not first. Things we prefer or like in religious assembly, that's not first. The first importance is the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Amen to that? Amen to that. We have a good emphasis. That's right. You might give the Lord a hand on that. We have a great and good emphasis right here in our church family on the gospel. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that. We've got to make sure we stay on track, though, because I'm telling you, the simplicity of that message can get yanked around and, 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 and people think there's, well, there's got to be more to it. It's really that simple how much God loves you and me that he gave his son to die for my sins when I didn't deserve it. That he was, body came out of that ground to give me hope of resurrection. And one day he's coming again. That's good news. That's called gospel. We've had a good emphasis of gospel. We want to make sure we stay on that. That gets a high value of of importance for us as a church family. But also as a church family here, we have to have a good, high importance and value of this word grace. And it always goes with the word gospel like he's used it in Acts 20, 24, right? The gospel of God's grace. And grace is something we haven't always had an emphasis in. Now, we're doing a lot better about it. But it's why is it it for us? It's so difficult sometimes for us to learn and to remember God's grace. We learn verses. We know what was emphasized by the verses that come up in our minds quickly, right? In your church, wherever you grew up, here or someone else, you know what was emphasized by what they made you memorize when you were young. Romans 3.23 For all have and of Everybody knew that. 
Now finish the rest of the sentence. Yeah, thank you. Two people. Because this is... Now look, I'm telling you, we memorize part of a sentence. We didn't even get the rest of the sentence. But this shows what we emphasized. It is true. We all have all fallen short. We have all sinned. And, 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 and we've all separated ourselves. But look, the verse, the rest of the sentence says that we are justified freely by His grace. Through the redemption that's found in Christ Jesus. Why didn't they make me memorize that one in VBS, you see? Because that wasn't our emphasis. Our emphasis was on my sinfulness and my need for God, which is great. But look, we should have had the emphasis on God's grace too. And I'm determined that as a church family, we will no longer do that anymore to people. We're going to emphasize God's grace as much as we emphasize our sinfulness. We must do that. Because without understanding the grace of God, we'll never share the good news. We won't be assured of our own salvation. We won't have confidence in what we believe. Because we're not, because we're always going to keep battling sin. But see, I'm not under that old law of sin and death anymore. I'm under a new law of life in the Spirit, Romans 8 says. A law of freedom. So we need to learn to emphasize and hold a value, high importance of grace. Which ought to always be there as we tell the story of the gospel. The gospel story is not a formula to be saved. It is a relationship to be enjoyed because of the grace of God. Boy, aren't you grateful for grace? We've got to also have a high value and an emphasis on generosity. Because we're saved, we should, when we are generous in sharing the story and sharing our life, then all of a sudden what happens is the kingdom grows. Look, it was God's generosity that made the gospel happen. And understanding the gospel and grace should always result in our hearts being generous. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, there's a collection being taken up. There's some money going to be given. And he talks to them earlier about how that he appreciates them in, in verse 2 in the midst of their severe trial and their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty, they were still rich in generosity. Generosity is not about me having possessions. Look, my heart determines what my fingers let go. Got it? Then he says... In verse 8, I'm not commending you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. 
earlier in this, he's challenging them. He says, they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. And we urged Titus, just as we did earlier, made a beginning to, to bring also to this completion this act of grace on your part. But, sh- but since you excel in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and complete earnestness and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in the grace of giving. You can't value grace and not give to your church. They don't go together. In, uh, in understanding grace, it should cause a generosity of us sharing the gospel with others. It should cause a generosity of us sharing our means, our money, our efforts toward one another. Some of you in here, you were years ago, your marriage fell apart. You went through a divorce. You didn't know where to go. And you found your way to this church who loved you and accepted you when, the, when other churches wouldn't let you go to church there, right? You have an appreciation for God's grace, don't you? And His church. Some of you have lost people dear to you and you struggle with grief and you went through the, you went through the ministry on grief and, and people have helped surround you with love and pull you through. And that grace that the church showed you and the help that that church gave you, you have a great appreciation for your church when they do that to you, don't you? A couple of weeks back, we had a baby blessing, and I was thinking about this. David was reminding me we were talking about it. All of a sudden, here's a young mother having a baby blessing. This young mother was a little girl here going all through our children's ministry, and all the people that taught and trained that young lady to be a godly mom, and now here she is with the next generation going on. And, and the church ministered and provided that for that family to help them grow that child up in the Lord. You can't value grace and not give to your church. Now, stats say, if you want to talk about stats and budgets and that kind of thing, stats, statistics say about 33% of members of a church give. Now, I know you're sitting there thinking, oh, Mike, are you going to talk about my... Because I brought a visitor today and, uh, uh, well, visitor, this isn't for you. This is for members. That means 66% doesn't give. So I tell you, matter of fact, if you just want to create an awkward moment and you're a visitor, just nudge the guy, nudge the guy that brought you and say, are you in the 66 or 33? <laughs> just ask him. You'll probably get better results than I do. We, we, uh, our, our staff has been great this year. We spent less than was budgeted. The problem was we didn't give enough to cover that, even though we spent less. We need about $800 more a week to be given. Last time I talked to Sandra, that's kind of where we were. On the and, and let's, let me ask you this right here. It, could anybody out there, could you give a dollar more? Anybody out there could give a dollar more than you're giving? Some of you give $5. Some of you are like... 
I, I, don't, I don't know what he's committing me to. I will be, be, be careful. Well, we took a picture of everybody raised hands, and we're going to... No, we didn't do We didn't do We didn't do that. Look, all it takes is all, just add something. Here's what we did as a staff. We said, one, we're not taking any raises this year. And not only are we not taking, we're going to add more to our contribution checks. Now, regular folk out there, you, you do what you want. Staff, I'm checking on you. But we already got a commitment out of them. Everybody can do a little. All I'm asking is this, just add something. Just add something. Because if everybody does that, we'll take care of our money problem. But look, the reason that doesn't happen is because somehow or another we lose the value of generosity being attached to the value of grace. When a person is baptized into Christ, that you, what you give to the local ministry helps make that happen. When a marriage is saved through us, uh, through our marriage engaged ministry, uh, uh, when, when it's saved through that, that money you get to make that ministry take place helps change lives. We need to attach our dollars to changed lives. It's not just about light bills and air conditioning, although I'm sure I get plenty of com- comments if on a hot day in July our air didn't work. Right, Paul? Paul gets us. By the way, always send those to Paul, not, 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 the, not the preacher. But it's not about that. It's about... I want us to have an emphasis and see high value to generosity because the gospel and the grace of God should cause me to be generous to my church. And boy, aren't we glad you are. When I think about the works that are being done around the world, our world radio speakers, when I think about the relief that's already taken place as we're partnering with the church in Houston, and Ben and Robert have already been down there and got things organized and taken in money and supplies, and now ready to do the same wherever a disaster hits. And, our, and, the, and, the, and the prayers we've been praying for our brothers in the Dominican, and so many of you who have been on that trip caring for those kids in, the, in, the, in that orphan's home. You know, that's the heart. When you see the, the grace of God and the gospel of God changing lives, then it's, oh, it's so much easier, you see, to value generosity. Be sure that when I understand the gospel, I understand grace. And I want to be sure that when I understand grace, I understand how generous God is with me so that I may be generous with His grace and good news to others. Kingdom business is just about one beggar telling another beggar where he found the bread of life. It really is. That's what we want to make happen. When we give, be, be generous. Our response to grace, generosity. Matter of fact, in this next chapter, Second Corinthians in chapter 9, he's encouraging their giving for some brothers that are in trouble. By the way, this encouragement, this ain't their tithe. They've already given that. This is beyond their tithe. This is beyond their giving to help some brothers that have some needs. 
And in chapter 9, he says, verse 7, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound into every good work. And in verse 11, he says, You will be enriched in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourself, others will praise God for the, now listen, may listen, for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Generosity accompanies our confession of the gospel. Did you get that out of that? Our obedience and our being generous, those things accompany the confession of the gospel of Christ. They go hand in hand. And when they don't go hand in hand, it's probably because we didn't emphasize over a long period of time how important the generosity is and how important and how generous God is toward us. So, yes... There's probably not one person here that can't add something to your check. Add some, if you can't, bring your bills to me and we'll figure something out. Because, right? It's not about the amount. It's about a heart of generosity. And that's what God pricks when he wants you to respond to the gospel is the heart. Well. Look at one other verse as we close today. Paul, in the middle of all this, Acts twenty twenty four section, he gives them this statement. Now, I commit you to God and to the word of his, say it with me, grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Aren't you grateful? For grace. If you have a need to be made right with God through the story of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we're going to sing an invitation song. You can respond. We'll baptize you right now into Christ and start all over brand new. I love that. Isn't that great? And if you have made that commitment to the gospel and haven't learned more about grace, then, 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 then look, understand. Even when your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart and he knows all things. Understand so you can live in the joy of assurance of God's grace. Not let Satan bounce you around in doubt and self-defeat. And then you be sure you're generous because God's been generous to you. Father, we love you. Thank you for our time together. I thank you, Father, for the story of Jesus. It's still a power to change people's lives. Help us never, never, Father, to get off that story being the heart of what we do. 
I pray, Father, that we would have a good, strong emphasis of your grace not only to become Christians, but to walk in grace and to understand the assurance that we can have because of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, for your generosity, for you so love the world you gave. And I pray we will have our hearts pricked to be generous, generous people in helping the kingdom grow. Thank you, Father, for your mercy. And thank you, Father, for this church who rises to every occasion so that the good news will go out. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Amen.